0: Jesse, what's up, bro?
1: Yeah, what's up, man?
0: So, everybody listening, I'm super excited about this. So, I read Atomic Habits by James Clear. Jesse read Atomic Habits by James Clear. Uh, None of you know who Jesse is, but that's not important. What you do need to know is that we both read the book, and we thought it was awesome. So, we're going to have a discussion around it. Ain't that right, Jesse? That is correct. Boom. All right. So, how'd how'd you come across this book?
1: Um, I believe it was, I think I was following James Clear on Twitter. Okay. He's got a pretty good Twitter presence. I think he's in like, you're a big Twitter I'm a big Twitter guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's where all my informal education is from, uh, for better or worse, uh, really feeds the the cynical nature that I already have. But uh, anyway, uh, I came across one of his tweets and then signed up for his email chain and his email chain said, you know, Black Friday or whatever, atomic habits is 40% off on Amazon. Uh, get it now or whatever. So I actually bought it directly as a result of that email. And I actually emailed him telling him that I was like, Hey, I bought your book because you did this thing. So good on you. Good on you for asking multiple times for somebody to buy your stuff. Did he Which respond? kind of an important reminder. Yeah, he did. He's very responsive. Wow. So that was, yeah, that was it. And, uh, and I loved uh, <clears> the <throat> compound effect by Darren Hardy. Mm-hmm. And this book echoes similar themes that you see in compound effect, but it gives you a pretty actionable, uh, method for implementing change, not like compound effect. So kind of need in that regard.
0: Yeah. So we actually reviewed compound effect a couple book club episodes back. So this would be a perfect little segue into it. I saw it at the Amazon store here in Nashville. I like the cover mm-hmm. and I like the title. It's the most basic. It's at- funny.
1: <laughs> it's funny. You mentioned that. So t- two different times now in a Starbucks, when I've had this with me, the barista has been like, Oh, atomic habits. Oh, I like that cover. So of course I'm gonna email James again and be like, "Good job, bro! They're <laughs> they're digging what you're what you're doing here."
0: Yeah, the title and the cover is what sold it to me. I, I had no idea. I had no idea what uh, roller coaster ride I was getting on. But I got yeah. the book and I read it in like maybe 48 hours. I don't know. I was giving you updates as I was reading it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, like we're, we're if I say 48, I'm pushing it. I plowed yeah. through it and I freaking loved it. You plowed through it because you had to record a podcast with me, so you had a homework assignment. So yours was a little different. But give us some thoughts right. as you're reading it uh yeah yeah i I took the same methodology to completing this as I did most other things in life,
1: which is all right backs against the wall let's yeah. uh, let's in, let's engage um yeah, I think I mean he does a really good job of giving real life examples i, I of of how these habits can actually gradually uh, take effect in your life and I think uh the example that resonates most is one of the first one he gives in the books, which is the British cycling team mm-hmm. and how they uh, try to the coach try to improve one percent essentially in every area of the life of the cyclers be it their diets or their hygiene routines things like that that pretty much epitomizes the book and then he dives into specific areas of that throughout the book so that was that was a pretty neat like real life completed case study that you had walking into it uh, and then how he highlights how to I mean every everybody knows that you want to adopt good habits and get rid of bad ones, but specifically what he did around how to make bad habits unattractive, make the good ones more attractive than how to stack them together where you naturally wouldn't know how to do it. That was all pretty helpful.
0: Yeah. So he he talks about how to create good habits, make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying, and then how to break bad habits, make it invisible, make it unattractive, make it difficult, make it unsatisfying, basically just a a flip side of it. But, and then obviously we're not going to give away the whole book, go buy it. But basically there's sub chapters within each one of those categories and he just kind of expands on each piece through it all. And I guess the thing that shocked me the most is just how easily applicable it is immediately.
1: I was thinking about this. It really just holds up a mirror mirror to where you're at today Mm -hmm. and you read a section about common, common bad habits and you're like, oh, wow, that's me. Uh And he also outlined the exact way for me to change, so it's like it's uh it's it's hard not to to take action when he basically pinpoints your exact problem and the exact way to deal with it, so yeah, it kind of hits you close to home pretty quick
0: so so what were some of the things that really hit you hard? He talks about
1: g- general like organization and tidiness, and if the only way you've ever cleaned your room before is by waiting for some massive burst of uh, motivation to come that you're just going to have to wait for that same burst of motivation after it compounds over and over and over again to finally Mm -hmm. get to it again. So you're like me and clean your room like once a quarter. It's like, uh, it's like you've got to find a way to implement some sort of habit stacking technique that he lines out in the book to make it a more repetitive thing that you do. And then part of the way you do that is by attaching whether it's, you know, putting up one article of clothing, you know, after you put your plate in the dishwasher at night, that would be how you habit stack and then make it attractive, you have to convince yourself or show yourself that cleaning the room or making you know, marginal progress in cleaning your room leads to a more satisfying or fulfilling outcome in the long run. Because I, mm-hmm. one of the phrases you use, I think it's in the fourth section. Is what is attractive gets rewarded, and mm-hmm. what is unattractive gets denied, or gets, um, I can remember the exact phrases you Oh, immediate reward equals repeated, immediate punishment equals avoid. And like you don't see the immediate uh, punishment of not cleaning your room until you have, you know, every dresser you've ever owned piled up on your bed. Like, yep. oh, that's why I don't do this. And then it clutters your mental headspace and you suffer in other areas as well. So that it's was really, for it's sure, really one of the areas that stuck out absolutely is yeah it uh it's funny because we had a drew hole was on the podcast a few episodes back can of to this too i think it was the speaker that came to his graduation at florida college but uh the guy was a he had gone through engineering school originally changed his mind wanted to be a doctor so went back to medical school and is now a doctor one of the, the leading uh, cancer research folks up in indiana and the whole point of his talk at graduation was make your bed that was his Main point for it, and it was just like do the little things right, and everything else will follow, uh, which is a lot of what you see here in the book.
0: Well, what I think is really interesting about James Clear, as you're reading this book, and the first chapter really is just his background, and you mm-hmm. read that, and you're like, "Holy crap, this guy is a beast!" Tell, tell us a little bit about what his background is.
1: Yeah, and he's got uh, himself has a pretty interesting podcast uh, that goes a lot into his background as well. Uh, that would be that would be Good to listen to, but he was a successful high school athlete, and in his sophomore year of high school or, or junior year, maybe a senior, I can't remember what it was. Uh, in batting practice, he got hit uh, in the nose with a bat that flew out of his teammate's hands. Got rushed to the life lighted, I think, to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Uh, was induced into a coma and had to learn how to uh, walk normally. So he lost all hopes of a baseball scholarship, whereas otherwise he was looked at as a pretty decent prospect and uh, walked onto the baseball team, I believe his freshman year in college, and then proceeded to marginally improve in his working out and in his, his batting practice. And uh, by, I think, junior year, he was captain of the team, and senior year, you know, led the team still. So he was just, he had to restart from ground zero, and especially when you're coming from a position. Of total defeat, like you have no other option but to take it one step at a time. A lot of times, yep. I think it's easy to try and bite off more than you can chew because you overestimate your abilities. But he didn't even have <laughs> that option at the time. You know, yeah. he got totally reset, so he was a living an example of the book to himself, starting the
0: yeah. It's it's interesting because I I put myself on a mailing list after mm-hmm. I got the book, and he sent out this annual review thing where he basically breaks down his entire life for twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. and man. Talk about analyzing the pros and cons of a year and how habits are basically just, you know, the small things we do to get to a certain point. I mean, most people complain about their previous year, but how many of us actually ever digest and analyze what happened in that previous year, like truly digest and analyze?
1: Yeah, I know. that's And that is uh, one of the first thing he starts out with, is that in order to create a new habit or change a new habit, you have to be aware of what you're doing currently.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, so here's something that hit me really hard. The identity-based changes in habit rather than outcome-based changes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That shook me to my core. And I feel like I've heard about this to some degree, but I've never really Mm -hmm. thought about it. The fact that most people try to create a new habit by focusing on the outcome. I want to lose weight. I want to quit smoking. I want to uh, do whatever. And he uses the example of the outcome-based model is not going to get you to the point because you have to fundamentally change your identity first to then, to then once you believe that identity, you will change your behavior. So he gives the example of somebody saying, "I," uh, they're trying to quit smoking and somebody offers them a cigarette and they say, no, thank you. I'm trying to quit versus another person who's looking to quit smoking and somebody offers them a cigarette and they say, no, thank you. I'm not a smoker. Small change and verbiage huge change in perception within your own world. And it really got me thinking because he 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 goes on this um, explanation of you know you have to ask yourself who you want to be and what you want to be and then work your way backwards to create the habits and do the actions that will get you to that point. And man oh man, I've already implemented that in a couple different areas, and it really works. It's crazy how well it works
1: yeah, what are what are a couple of those areas that you've uh, taken that to? Because for me and the one that I've struggled with for the longest time is just general organization or Mm -hmm. discipline. It's like not at all how I, I used to think it was like cool to be unorganized and still be able to get the job done at the last minute. That's not unique to me, but it was very much how I operated. So I've always struggled breaking out of that routine because I just see myself as all over the place. It's like, I'll get it done, but it's not going to be in some orderly fashion. So what are the areas that, you're able to apply that to
0: one of the biggest ones is i've started seeing myself as a runner i was yeah i was wondering about that yeah and i mean i've i've talked to people about on the podcast about how much i hated running and getting into that and really just tell myself like no i'm a runner i'm not a very i'm not a a triathlete i'm not a ultra marathonist i'm not a marathon i'm not a half marathonist at this point but (laughs) but i do consider myself a runner at this point and you know, I was in Memphis this past week and hanging out with my, my parents. We were hanging out with family. And I woke up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday in the middle of a thunderstorm and I went and ran for 30 minutes. Come on. And but it it wasn't even like a, a question in my mind whether or not I was going to do that. I was like, no, I'm a runner. I need to go do that. And it's been really mm-hmm. exciting. And you start seeing weight changes and you start seeing time changes and you start seeing efficiency when you're running. And all those small things. So he talks about it. um, Basically, in order for you to solidify an identity, you need proof. Mm -hmm. And all the small victories along the way are just little pieces of proof that start solidifying that identity. Mm -hmm. That's why he gives the example of a friend who lost 100 pounds by simply asking herself, what would a healthy person do every single time she was about to make a decision? just all throughout the day she would just say what would a healthy person move and then she would always make the decision that a healthy person would do what would happen is she kept making the decisions that a healthy person did which led to her believing that she was a healthy person which ended led to her being a healthy person
1: yep yep he says every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become Uh, yes which is part of why it's so difficult early on because it's like oh i'm not like i'm not the guy that that Picks up after myself all the time, or I'm not the guy that that goes to the gym all the time. So it's a tough battle of winning both the mental game of telling yourself, no, this is who I am now. And then actually making the votes of uh, doing it over and over again. you got to put the two of them together.
0: But I think the cool part is he also talks about this. You don't need a unanimous victory you just need a 51 49% result in favor of whatever mm-hmm. new identity whatever new habit you're trying to create. I mean think 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 about it. If you so you said you're you're not a tidy person in your place, which I've been to your apartment, you're not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but what if every single day all throughout the day you asked yourself, "Hey, what would a clean person do or a tidy person do?" When you walk into your apartment, what would a tidy person do? Well, they'd probably pick up the crap off of the table, right? And then eventually you start you know, stacking one on top of the other and it becomes a reality. But uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned habit stacking and he talks about that. Explain that.
1: Yeah. He talks about there are natural habits that we already have as a part of our routine that don't take any new efforts to change or implement. Like, for example, when we wake up in the morning, maybe the first thing we do is check our phones or get a glass of water or whatever it is or take a mm-hmm. shower. And so use what's already a part of your routine to where you're automatically, you're on autopilot with it and then implement the new habit that you you desire to put in your routine right after one of those things that's already autonomous for you. So if you're trying to meditate for even just a minute each day, at the start stack it on top of uh, the shower routine that you have. So if you get up and you go to the shower, you tell yourself, my new my new habit stacking is I get in the shower and then I meditate. After I meditate, I brew my cup of coffee. The the shower and the coffee were already normal. Yep. So make the change easy by putting it in between those two things and identifying meditating with the tail end of showering and the beginning part of your cup of coffee. Rather than just thinking, Oh, I need to meditate today. Well, I should get to it probably in the morning, maybe after lunch, it's like, no, write it down and practice that as part of the new routine in the midst of things that are already normal to you because the completion of the old routine that you're used to becomes the cue for the new habit you want to implement.
0: Also, if you put it in the middle of the old routine, you, you're, you're already used to doing that routine. You're going to do that routine. You're going to fight mm-hmm. to complete it no matter what completing a routine is more important to you than fighting the resistance of whatever the new action is that you've implemented into it. Yep, exactly. So what are, the, so, what are some of the things that you think you're going to implement? That is an excellent question <laughs> um,
1: that part of the reason why change is so hard just in general is that you're admitting to yourself that the old version of yourself was less than preferable. Mm. That's why, that's why I drag my feet. It's like, I love everything in this book. And it's still so hard to like uh, actually decide what it's going to be. Um, but I know, I know for me, a lot of where I have zero, I don't know if rigidity is the right word, but zero structure is at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And for me, I know that's got to be Bible reading and setting out my clothes for the next day have to be my night in routines mm-hmm. because right now it's some random combination of check Twitter or check whatever internet article I saw earlier and then maybe get to bed at a decent time. Maybe not allow myself to go down a YouTube rabbit hole or whatever it is. And I know that, if i implement those two pieces one my next morning becomes easier because i've already got to close that out which that takes care of the morning in part and then two you go to bed with a good headspace. i mean maybe similar to a meditation but in, in reading scripture so those are two
0: key pieces that i've wanted to have in my routine yep that i haven't so what do you what do you think is the necessary identity change there for that to happen i think just calling it i'm, I'm the type of person that reads my Bible daily, and I'm the type of person that
1: sets up my clothes the next morning. I'm the, I'm the type of person that's ready for the next day. Historically, that's not been the case. Mm. Moving forward, that's who I am. Mm. But it's it's such a hassle in the morning. You're like, oh, well, this shirt is in irons. Oh, well, this this shirt is, but it doesn't go with this suit or whatever else. And all of a sudden, what could have taken you an efficient 10, 15 minutes? Not only takes 20 or 30 instead, but then your headspace is already clouded. Yep. It's like not an ideal way to get things going
0: yeah he, he talks about motivation is overrated environment is truly what matters mm-hmm. and setting up your environment for success I mean think about it mm-hmm. you're basically self-sabotaging yourself every single every single night for the morning current Jesse is screwing future Jesse that's right because he that's wants right. to go down a YouTube hole
1: it's so fun though uh, <laughs> yeah I, I love that section on your environment sets you up for success it's yeah it's, it's pretty incredible I mean I think about the way that I saw that in action didn't do anything intentionally on my end, but when I moved into my new apartment in April of last year, it has a 24-hour gym downstairs. And you know me, I'm not the um, I'm not on the swole train just yet. I'm I'm working
0: my way up, but bro, I, I would having, have said you could uh, power clean a school bus if I just saw you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I give off that impression over here, at yeah. five seven. But um, yeah. I uh, <laughs> having having an empty gym readily available to me just. Mm-hmm five flights, uh, stairs down, and a couple of feet over, it was like, okay, I was I was willing to go into the gym because nobody was there to watch me as I started lifting weights. Also, there was never an excuse of not being able to access it. I had a Y membership before, and I used it for rack while I used it for other stuff, but having it that readily accessible, it's like, I lift now. I was never that person before. I had to be forced into it in some sort of group setting, or Drew would finally nag me enough that I would go lift with them. But now I enjoy it just because of how close my association was to the gym downstairs. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is you sh- you could, there's a million examples you could use, but you think about uh, scripturally, you know, bad habits, corrupt good morals. Mm-hmm. You're, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And it's funny, we had a sermon on Sunday. We had a, a study on the life of the Lot. Mm-hmm. And Abraham and Lot were separating their families so there wouldn't be any strife between them as mm-hmm. as brothers in their families. And Abraham gave the choice to Lot. Lot chose the, the fertile valleys near the, the Jordan. Mm-hmm. And Sodom and uh, Gomorrah were already wicked at the time. And Lot pitched his tents as far as, as Sodom and Gomorrah. And eventually, he loses not only the land that he had originally chosen when God eventually destroys the cities for their wickedness, but he loses his son-in-laws and he loses his wife as a result mm-hmm. of the process, all because of the simple choice of where he decided to make camp, what he associated with himself mm-hmm. with. And so setting up your environment for success is unbelievable. It's it's like almost everything. That that would almost be the key takeaway from the book. I've of course heard it in other instances, but it's pivotal.
0: Yeah, it's so true because if you surround yourself by people who aren't leading you in the right direction as a group from a habit and identity standpoint, you're going to pick up whatever they are leading you towards, which is probably not not the best of outcomes if it's contrary to what you're trying to be and who you're trying to be. Yeah. it's just, All you
1: have to do is hang out with the five people that you roomed with in college or whatever. It's like all of a sudden my IQ dropped 20 points. It's like, <laughs> what, what's the problem here? I know. I think it's. I think it's my buddy's granddad. That's he's like. You know, if you've got one guy standing there and he's a ten out of ten of his current capabilities, uh-huh. you put you pair him with another guy. All of a sudden, they're a nine out of ten. Pair him with the third uh-huh. guy, they're an eight out of ten. And it's like the more you add to the group, everybody's trying to one up each other, and it's like all common sense rash now goes out the window. And uh, it's 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 funny because it's so true. And you try you match the people that you're around, which is why it's so important to have uh, mentors and other people that you respect. And you know, it's it's huge. It's huge, and we've seen it you've seen it throughout you know any any literature that you can find from days of old, like it's all there. it's yeah. all there nothing's nothing's changed in that
0: regard. It is interesting that this common human trope exists where you know we kind of just suck at living <laughs> <laughs> like we're not really that good at it. It's like we we have to just create these environments for ourselves to. To try and be good at it. I mean, something as simple as, you know, I said, make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying is what James Clear says about how to start a good habit. habit. Make it obvious just seems so obvious, yet none of us do it. I know. Like, like, oh, it's January 2020 and I want to lose weight. Well, you know how you make it obvious? You step on a scale every single morning, you write down your weight. <laughs> so you have to make it obvious to yourself, like where you are in the transition and in the process of it. Because if you just Mm -hmm. check every couple months, then it becomes irrelevant you just forget about it. Right. Um, Make it attractive. I mean, yeah, like the the habit stacking. Like, hey, I want to be able to take a shower. So in order to be able to take a shower, I need to meditate. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, like for somebody like me, um, I shower every single morning. I feel disgusting if I don't shower. Like it genuinely bothers me. Mm -hmm. Um, So... If I did not have the opportunity to shower because of some other action that I didn't complete, there's no way on God's green earth I would not complete that action. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: You have to know what you're missing out on if you don't complete
0: the the habit. I'm still on a high from this book, even though it's been a little over a week. I really think this is such a good read. I think it's because of the tangible, like just practical aspects of how to set habits and how to, or how to create habits and how to set goals within this framework. I just think like, I mean, dude sold 1.2 million copies of this book and there's a reason for it because it's, it's fan freaking tastic. Yeah. It's,
1: it's pretty excellent. Um, yeah, he makes some, some good points about, um, uh, I don't want to jump out of your notes or anything, but about, uh, making your habit tracking, obvious the actual action, of mm-hmm. tracking the habit, which is funny because I think it was junior year. One of the two books we had to choose two different books to read in the summer for AP History, and I chose the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin just because it was the shortest. Uh, <laughs> but he referenced one of uh, Ben's strategies in the book as well. I think he said starting at 20 years old, Benjamin Franklin started tracking his own habits of things he wanted to accomplish throughout the day. It's very true. Like, and I, I, I know we both use the Michael Hyatt Full Focus Planner, and he talks about. Make it obvious, make it tangible, make it real, make it right there. And there's a, a real importance to visibly and physically checking off when you have not haven't done the habit makes it more ingrained in you. He talks about the salesman in the I guess some sort of investment cold calling space that had to make a certain amount of cold calls each day and every day he would move one of I think a hundred or hundred and twenty paper clips from one bin to the other until he yeah. completed the strategy. And so it uh you know, propel them to success way faster than they would have otherwise, which like that takes intentionality to do. Yes. You know, <laughs> you, like you have to go print out the sheets, or you have to create a checklist on your phone and download an app on your phone to that. That's pretty pivotal to everything else uh, working out that he describes in the book. Well,
0: and I think the intentionality of it, I don't know about you, but I am significantly more likely to hit the things that I need to hit during a day. If I planned them out the night before. I mean, that to me adds just another level of intentionality. It's like, okay, before I'm going to sleep, I'm aware of X, Y, and Z that needs to be taken care of tomorrow. Yep. Yep. I've, yeah,
1: it's been top of mind for me for a while now. Cause I've never been, I've never been the type to, to plan really at all. And so this book highlighted, I knew, I knew it was bad, but now I can kind of clarify as why and in what ways it can be made better.
0: Well, let's, let's, let's work through it real quick. So you suck at planning. Mm-hmm. You suck at reading your scripture at night. You suck mm-hmm. at laying out your clothes. Mm-hmm. What are you good at? This is an example. I was about to say that was an example of positive self-talk.
1: I'm actually pretty good at uh, sticking to a running workout plan. I okay. get pretty motivated by races. And so I'm, I usually am pretty decent about following a some level of workout routine at night. Okay. Uh, once I finally get
0: in for the evening. So have you thought about doing your planning, your scripture reading and your laying out your clothes before you get to go running?
1: That would be, that'd be pretty special if I did it before I went to go running. I think probably more realistically, that uh, would be before I, <laughs> before I take the nightly shower. So just kind of linger in that filth for a second. It's like, I don't mm. want to be here. Let's make sure we get this done. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. I think that's a pretty reasonable spot. Cause it's like, total hardwire connection between finishing workout and showering. There's like absolutely nothing that's going to come in the way of that. Yep. So habit stacking, forcing, forcing planning for the next day, even if it's just, you know, the outfit or whatever, that's a very real spot to do that.
0: Boom. Look at that. Look, Jesse, we just solved all of your problems in like 30 minutes on a podcast.
1: I think so. Yeah. It's a shame it took me this long to get to the podcast, but
0: I know, right. I
1: yeah.
0: How, uh, So any any final thoughts, parting words uh, regarding uh, atomic habits? Give me something profound, dude.
1: Uh, I'll just repeat what I found profound from the book. Um, He talks about lost days hurt you more than successful days help you. Mm, Explain that. Which is huge. Uh, uh, Basically outlines a concept of a 50% gain is as significant as a 33% loss. Yeah. So if you improved 50% in something, uh, and then, you know, you were 150% professional, uh, all you'd have to do is digress by 33% to be back at the hundred that you started at. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so his, his huge rule of habits is never miss twice. That's like, that's, that's his mantra is it's inevitable that habits are going to break. You know, people ask him all the time, how long does it take to form a habit? Is it, 21 days, 66 days. And he's like, well, the truth is it takes forever to form a habit. Otherwise it's no longer a habit. Mm. And so he says, it's inevitable that you're not going to be perfect with this. And the exact way that your routine has it scripted out misses will happen, but never miss twice because you're immediately starting a new habit mm. a new compounding effect of not doing it. So he's like, that's my rule. He's like, I, I know that I know that I'm not gonna be perfect, but I know I always have, have control. Of getting back on it that second day which is he I see that in my running plans all the time of uh, you know I hardly ever have a perfect week on the plan but if I can make sure to at least move on the day even if the day didn't go as well you know even if I'm doing 25% of what the plan said just moving is all that matters he I yeah. think there's actually a whole chapter in the book about that it's called uh, move slowly but never backwards mm. and it's just about you have to find some way to keep some level of progress going um, which i think is pretty key. Boom. Well, anything else? I think that's it. I mean, the idea of not missing twice and the idea of creating your environment uh, so that you can succeed. I mean, that's everything cuz the the whole idea of the book is you're automatically entrenched in your routines. You're on you're on autopilot right now as is. Mm-hmm. Make it as easy as possible, reduce as much of the friction as possible to your changing in order to actually make it
0: feasible. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jesse, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you enjoyed the book that I forced you to read. That's right. Yeah. It's uh,
1: It was solid. It was well worth it. Even though you got it before I got it. I know. I know. It's a recurring theme. It's mm. like I get these good ideas of things I want to do and then no, uh, <laughs> nothing to actually force me to the finish line on it. So
0: yeah, but good. but like I said, I mean, this wasn't a habit stack. But I told you, hey, you got until this day to read the book, and we're recording at this time, and you got it done.
1: Right. So what the listeners should know is that a lot more book book co- podcast with me, whether you like it or not. <laughs> the only, way, <laughs> the only so, way, I'm getting this done in 2020. The only <laughs> or if this, way. Or just gets terrible reviews. We'll just we'll you'll tell me we're recording a podcast, and it's going to go straight to the lead
0: file. Yeah, but it's going to get me
1: to read.
0: Yeah, I'll just get, uh, yeah, I'll get you to read and and a way for me to analyze my thoughts or something. Right. Uh, (laughs) But as always, everyone listening, mmcip.co, info at mmcip.co if you want to get a hold of us. Jesse, thanks for coming on. And outside of that, we'll talk to everybody else soon.